The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. One thoughts as well as breakout performances and, you know, just thoughts overall coming up here on, on the Sooner or Later Sports Show. I am your host, Jay. Thank y'all for pulling up here on the YouTube channel and listening wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're here, please hit the like button, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think you deserve it? Just give us five anyway and gift it. So on today's episode, we're going to get excited because why? We had ourselves a great Saturday. So me and Coop's going to recap more of the game. We're going to get y'all's questions and answers. We're going to do a lot of interaction here. Uh, we'll dive into next week. And we'll probably wrap things up into talking just college football in general. All right. So hit us up on the unfair fan line. 430-901-1906 is also in the description below. Let us know your strongest opinions. We would love to hear from you all. And so let me bring our other guest in here, our boy Coop. We're about to dive into some fun stuff. Coop, what is going on? One to know, baby, or fairly see. Oh no, now we want to know. Want to yep. know. I'm excited. <laughs> you gotta do that with the re reverse on the camera. Bro, it's. Right, uh, right. You gotta, yeah, that's always the best part, is figuring out where you're at. Like, I don't know where to move my hands or anything like that. I do that enough as how it is. So, how am I supposed to hold my hands? <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. So, no, thank y'all all for pulling up, man. You know, the comment section has been blowing up for like the last 20. Apologies for the delay. We've been working on a lot of stuff. Uh, I was working on stuff on the back end or whatnot just so that we can have a nice-looking presentation, but we're here. Looks like we got about 31 viewers, 14 likes. We are behind. Hit that like button, and if you're new to the channel, subscribe. Share also. Why? Because sharing is caring. Tell a friend. We would love for them to know. As y'all can see, I still got my pink on, rocking that for uh, in, in solitude with, uh, with Julie Venables, uh, Coach Venables' wife, as she's battling and we're fighting with her. But as you saw in that game on Saturday, Coop, we fought. We fought and beat the dogs not out of our competition, right? Right? How, yeah. Coop, talk to me. How do you feel about just your first reaction about this game? How do you feel? Well, you put a game plan in for the, for, for the game, right? And this is – all right, these are live reps. You've been going – since the game against Florida State, you've been fighting against your brothers. You've been going at it in practice. You've been going at it with Schmitty. You've been going out with the coaches. And then now you, you kind of know the tendencies. So this is a new group of people that you get to play against. You don't know what they're throwing at you. You, you are reading and diagnosing alignments. You're getting calls in. There's no like whistles happening to pull you over to, and be like, no, no, no. You guys lined up wrong. This is bad. Let's not do this. Like you got to get hop. You got to hop in there, and you got to be able to do it. So um, that in itself shows you everything. Now, when you win seventy-three to nothing on your opening game, especially after last season, and you still have some coachable opportunities, that that's that's a one hundred and ten percent win right there. You have the plan. You put the game plan in. It looked like it worked pretty well. It looked like everything that Levy was calling was was working. And both of the quarterbacks were working too. Um, you got to you got to play the people in front of you, and uh, you know this this non conference schedule is going to be pretty weak um, because of the Georgia situation. But first team up, you go out, you do good on defense, you do good on offense. That's the team in front of you. And it didn't happen the same way across uh, college football yesterday. 
Didn't happen in week one either, or week zero. Uh, a lot of people played just Arkansas State, and they didn't look like that. So, that's it. And then you dominated. You dominated from the get, and that was great. Um, G-Freaky, this is the third time I've said this out loud, but uh, if his first touch every single season is a touchdown, sign me up. I'm, I'm down for this. You know, whether we got two more seasons or one more season uh, of that, uh, I'm in for that. Exactly. And that's the one thing that jumped out to me. G Freaky got his second touch uh, for the first time in the season and scored a touchdown the second time. So for his first touch last year as a freshman, he scores a touchdown. His first touch his sophomore year, he scores a touchdown. So that tells us why Coach Venables mentioned he's probably the best on the team. I don't think he was lying. Like, and that's no shade to Farouk, to Andrew Anthony, who had a really good game. No shade to uh, to Jade Gibson, Nick Anders. Going down the list of the players, that's no shade. Yeah. Because what we got out of Gavin Freeman, at G-Freaky, you just got a dude that's so shifty and tough to tackle that other team's going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to be a challenge. So let's jump in and kind of recap the game. But first, I want to speak to all the people in here. Mike, what it do? Thank you for pulling well, up as Mike. usual. Love having you in here, Hank, my boy, you know, we sit up and talk in the Discord nonstop. As y'all can see, we got a Discord, too. If y'all want to come hang out with us, feel free. The link is in the description uh, of the video. We always just hang out and talk ball. It's fun. We just chop it up. Steve, what it do? You are always in there with us. Same thing with Topher. Topher always in there kicking it with us. Monty, you got to come to the Discord one of these days, bro. We ain't seen you in there at all yet. And I know James asked this question, Sam Mays. So Sam was going to join us. Um, he had committed to us this week, but then he had a conflict that came up this morning. And he was like, guys, I'm so sorry. I cannot make it. Let's look at next week. And so we may have an ex a special episode midweek with him talking probably the game coming up, giving his thoughts from the last game, as well as talking about his new sellout crowd uh, um, uh, venture that he's on. And we can learn about kind of how they're doing it in the media game. So. Not to get too long-winded, but Coop, let's talk. start off with the offensive side of the ball because I know that that is probably the one side that everyone was high-key excited about. Odd Future, what it do? Join us, what it do? Glad to see you all. Uh, and don't worry, we're going to talk about other games too. I actually want to jump into these other games a little bit later. This is primetime popped on here. We're going to talk college football in general on the back end of the show. So have your questions together. I'm going to start starring stuff, and we'll dive into it later on because I want to talk Coach Prime. I also want to talk about uh, the Oklahoma State and that game. I want to talk about Texas. I really want to go down the line of things. So, Coop, let's just – let me get off this long-winded tangent. Let's talk about the main thing here. Offensive side of the ball, how did you feel outside of G Freaky? How did you feel about the line? How do you feel about DG? Give me your top probably two or – give me your top two things or whatnot so that we can make sure we're going back and forth. Uh, Andrew Rain. I got to start off with Andrew Rame. That was the best game that we've ever seen. Andrew Rame, you know, it's he spent 2020 with the inability to come in and really hit the weight program like he needed to. He was injured in 20, beginning of 21, injured beginning of 22. So this year he actually got in and the fella called him Waffle House because he was dropping some pancakes. I mean, he was mauling some guys. And that right there was really the, you heard McCabe Mattire was the, you know, most improved uh, offensive lineman throughout the offseason. Savion Bird had the weight stuff. You bring in Rouse, who is a monster. You bring in Guyton, who is a future first-round pick. It, it really looks like it kind of waxed and waned with, what's Andrew Rame going to do? And dude balled out. 
Secondly, the wide receivers, bro. Um, that you know, the <laughs> offensive line of wide receivers on offense, maybe DG a little bit, were uh, were the 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 big controversial uh, controversial points. But um, let's see here, Jaquez Petaway. He leads the team with nine receptions. Had some phenomenal chemistry with um, Jackson Arnold, but you see his speed. You see that as a freshman. This wasn't one catch where he looked really good, and you're like, good, we get to see him more as the season goes on. It was nine catches. Um, Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson both had those plays that you're like, that's what we've been waiting for. That is what we have been waiting for. Nick Anderson had that, had that, you know, pass over the middle, uh, or I start down the uh, down the sideline. He catches it. I mean, he barely gets tripped up. Otherwise, he waltz in. Jake um, <laughs> Gibson, bro, the back shoulder throw. Dylan Gabriel put it perfectly. He gets up. He makes an athletic catch, and he goes nuts. Then he gets that touchdown later in the game. So you you wanted to see you know Blake Smith, Cade McIntyre, um, Drake Stoops before he got injured, and then Andrew Anthony. Andrew Anthony needs to press charges against the defensive coordinator for Arkansas State because they were mugging that guy on the first catch. He was getting his jersey tugged. Uh, he got drilled a couple times on those jump balls. But you as a receiver, y- your job is to right catch the ball and block. But then when you got the opportunities, you got to make something happen. And uh, you know, I think the score's even higher if it's the NFL rules because he got mugged three or four times. So <laughs> you see that you see Andrew Rain ball out. You see. Um, you see the wide receivers ball outs. When those wide receivers look that good, Dylan Gabriel's going to look good. And I, you know, Jackson Arnold didn't miss anything, but Dylan Gabriel had two near catches. One with, I believe, it's Farouk diving. That was his first incompletion. And then there was another one that just was just right outside. But I mean, he really had one total actual incompletion the entire game. Jackson Arnold has none. So, I mean, what else? What, what else do you for? A perfect, right, right, perfect execution by the offense. It was, it was, and the offense was doing everything you needed. It showed me everything I wanted to see in this game. So I didn't expect for us to win seventy-three to nothing, but I did say that I wanted a shutout. I mean, everybody in the comments can attest. Actually, when I did my morning after, in which I do a morning after video after every game, I like to sleep on the game. We'll probably do an instant reaction. I'll sleep on the game, and then I always come back with my morning after recap because I want to really go through, give it a second watch. I want to go look at the PFF advanced stats and see if there's anything that jumps out. And, man, to be honest, when I looked at this, snaps-wise, dude, we had a lot of players playing this game, which was great. And once we we went up 21 to nothing within, like, the first five minutes of the game. At that point, there was nothing else for them to really show me. It was, okay – keep this lead and the defense did that which we'll get on them in a second but the two things that jumped out to me was one Dylan Gabriel looked great on the deep ball he had two of them that were underthrown, but one of them hit Andrew Anthony right in the chest when he fell to the ground when he was passing a feared on and the second one was by design it was a free play that once they jumped off sides we went ahead and went deep on it DG did not it didn't matter if he overthrew underthrew but the fact that he got another pass interference there that's yep. two big plays, man. We, we got to show – we got to be excited and show what, you know, what it really means. Thank, thank you for the 20 bucks. We appreciate that. Yes, let's go, Boomer Sooner. We literally, for real, was on it. I'll even add to that. The running back game, don't trip. We didn't need them. <laughs> it was to the point of we were a running back by committee in a game that really didn't matter – 
You didn't need to really run anybody too much, but Javante Barnes still led the team in runs, and we were able to get a lot of people involved. We had 10 touchdowns. That tells you enough right there. 10 touchdowns in this game. And then wide receiver-wise, Jaden Gibson and Andrew Anthony buy that stock. I've said that on like multiple videos already. I'm going to keep saying it. Buy their stock. So, cool. This is one position on the offensive side I was curious about. Tight ends. We saw a mixture. We saw Stogner. We saw Blake Smith. We saw Kay McIntyre. Did you get a chance to really look at them, and did, did anything jump out to you when you got to watch the, wide, the tight ends come in and play? Yeah, when I when I watched the you know watched the replay again last night, I guess not replay, but I went back to the old uh, my stuff on Hulu Live, found it, and was really trying to watch the offensive line, and they asked absolutely nothing on Stogner. I I haven't counted how many routes he ran, but Dude definitely was out there, and he was he was putting some guys on their butt. Uh, Blake Smith came in there. I told you guys, you know, Levy loves running that eleven personnel, that two tight end set. Um, and I promise you, you put that on film with Blake Smith and uh, the same exact route with uh, Caden McIntyre. McIntyre looked different when he had the ball in his hand. He looked absolutely different. And this is a guy who we all thought was going to come in on defensive end. But when you have, uh, what was it, um, 18 defensive linemen on the depth chart, um, you know, Freshman can get out there and really help us in that room. Uh, Fanuel was out there quite a bit too. So the tight ends looked good because you continue to put that on the film. Uh, you know, I said, you know, one of my fearless predictions was I think the tight ends were going to, you know, com complete around 300 or sorry, 700 yards of total uh, receptions this year. I don't think we're going to use it a ton, but you want to continue to. Uh, to have that film out there for recruiting, um, you know, you want Davin to uh, Davin Mitchell to um, to uh, to you know see those things. Uh, you know, I said the other night, I, I hope you know, I wish he could reclassify to twenty three and come on the field this year because he might step in and be one of the better uh, tight ends we have. But it, it looked good, and again, you're going to see uh, um, <laughs> you know, Stogner's going to be a big red zone uh, red zone tool and maybe middle of the field, but with the slots running how we were seeing that yesterday and with the ability to stretch out the field with those wide receivers, yeah, the tight ends are going to be people who are going to be forgotten. And when you saw Blake Smith's catch, he was wide open. When you saw yep. Cade McIntyre's catch, he was wide open. It's because nobody expected that, but it needs to be on the film. And so, yeah, the tight ends, I mean, that was not a, a weakness for us this week. It was not needed. And, um, you know, on the running game, you didn't see a lot of explosion. Um, you saw a couple times where, you know, Tawi, um, Hicks, Javante, guys were not excited to tackle those guys, especially, no, not at all. you know, going into the second quarter, you're already down 28, nothing. And, uh, man, it's, uh, but there was some thumping going on and that's on the offensive side. We delivered a lot of punishment. I bet we delivered more punishment on the offensive side than their defense laid on us. No, I, and I, you're right, because I'm looking at the grades for the offensive line now as far as blocking goes. So PFF, of course, you know, Pro Football Focus has the premium stats for every game or whatnot. Now, look, Monty, you are 100% correct. We had over 40 snaps on both sides of the ball. 40 players played. My apologies. Over 40 players had a snap in this game. We played a lot of people, and that tells you a lot. When you're up, I'm mean, 87 players played in a 73 to zero because we had time. We had the opportunity to let everybody go out there and see. I saw that uh, Fanuel had himself 20 snaps at the tight end spot. Kay McIntyre had 19 in the freshman. 
you know, Petaway had 40 snaps. So, and, you know, unfortunately, we see the injuries of Drake Stoops as well as Desai McCullough. We're going to talk about defense now. And it looks like uh, we will lose Drake for, I'm going to assume, a couple of games. I think it's like, they don't think it's broken. They think that it's a AC joint, AC sprain, which we'll find out Monday. We'll find out Monday once they have the actual MRI results and all of that stuff. Be- uh, Davis Bevel, we probably won't see him ever again at this point. It does sound like it's, it's a it's a ligament situation. I've seen that flying across Twitter. I haven't been able to confirm anything. I'm still waiting to see. But that appears to be an actual serious situation. And so you won't see Davis Bevel. You're going to see General Booty with – Dylan Gabriel, as well as Jackson Arnold, which we did see in this game. And Jackson Arnold himself was a monster. I want to talk about him, talk about the freshman at the end. So let's jump into defense. But before we do that, go on and hit that like button, folks. And if you're new to the channel, subscribe. Also, if you're listening to this, rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway and gift it. So, Coop, defense. All right, this was who popped this up. Mike popped this up a minute ago. I need to talk about this. You saw the hit by Gentry Williams. I want to talk about that secondary first and work our way to the defensive line. Let's talk secondary first. What jumped out to you? Because that hit by Gentry Williams was monstrous. That yeah. he, I went and rewatched that play five times. He read the play immediately, walked up on his receiver, ignored his receiver because as soon as he saw the quarterback turn, he was a bullet right at that wide receiver or was that running back or whatnot and blasted him. Man, yeah. Love it. I'm sign me up for three of those, please. Yeah. So 29, <laughs> 29 defenders ended up on the stat sheet. Um, you got guys like Owen Heineke, um, uh, you know, Marcus Strong was out there, Reggie Grimes, Lau, uh, Lewis Carter. So it, I mean, it was it was exactly what you wanted to see. But yeah, I'll talk about the Gentry Williams one because I I saw him coming and. Again, he didn't he didn't stutter up. He didn't try to wrap up. He went to inflict. That was that. I mean, that was one of the best things. I mean, I could say since DJ Graham's interception, that's my most favorite defensive play. You know, in in two years plus. So I mean, that was that was legitimate. Uh, you saw Desan McCullough on the one opportunity that he had. You know, he came down and he looked. I mean, he looked explosive too. Um, but defense, you start out with the defensive line. And if you are all um, wondering, hey, where's all the sacks at? Where where did all the quarterback well, pressure? Let's not get there yet. We'll come back okay. to the defensive line. Let's talk secondary right. first, and we'll work our way secondary in. Because well, there's, there's depth to go to that. You're right. You saw the safeties uh, on more than one occasion try to send a message no matter what was going on. Pearson on the sideline, mm-hmm. you know, he he's quite a bit out, but he set up shop. He was waiting for the arrival of, of the quarterback, and he dealt him one. I'm okay with those types of penalties. Those things don't bother me so much because it is them trying to see a uh, see some intensity. Billy Bowen, uh, uh, Billy Bowman had one opportunity too, to where it was an incomplete pass and the receiver just dropped the ball, but he threw a shoulder in there too. You saw Pearson come out right after that penalty. He came down in the box and he tackled the uh, running back for a loss. Uh, you know, or right at the line of scrimmage. So you saw the safeties come in and make some plays. Peyton Bowen had had a couple of uh, plays also. Uh, Key Lawrence was out there several times and in the mix. So you got you saw those guys really make some good efforts. Um, the defensive backs in general, that's one of the opportunities, you know, and again, the 73 to nothing, you want to see pure dominance with some coaching opportunities. 
there's going to be coaching opportunities after that game. They're still trying to do some new stuff with the uh, with the defensive backs. And, um, I, you know, I, those, those receivers helped us out a lot. But don't get it twisted. Like, the, a lot of those wide receivers, they weren't, they weren't thinking about catch and run. They were thinking catch and hold on. And that led to a lot of those drop balls. And, uh, yeah, that, that Key Lawrence, that pick six opportunity, I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Hank, because that was uh, – there were a couple times you were like, ah, you know. But you saw the defense, the defensive backfield be a strength. And there is going to be more of that. You're going to get some boom or bust situations with guys like Key Lawrence and Reggie Pearson. Those are going to happen. Um, Billy Bowman, you know, had had a pass defense where he might have got away with a little uh, pass interference, but in the end zone. But those guys were making plays on the ball, and that's the one thing is there weren't guys just catching the ball with nobody around them and people looking at each other after the field after the game uh, or the yeah. play. Uh, you also didn't see a lot of confusion and mix-ups, you know, pre-snap. There wasn't everybody looking over to the sideline. Nobody looked like they had no clue what was going on, and they had, you needed verification. Um, it, it looked good. It did. No, it looked great. And you spot on, because the other thing that jumped out to me on that secondary was they did make those receivers make business decisions. All those drops were yeah. not because those receivers were bad. A lot of them were making business decisions. There were a couple of them, though, where they were open. They should have went. And that was the only thing that uh, bothered me because somebody mentioned it, too, in one of the in my recap comments, was that there was some busted coverages. And BV mentioned that. Totally yeah. saw it. I understood it. The good thing about it is the way that we played, we were prepared. We were prepared to make up for those bad plays. Like, there was one play I saw. It was third down. I think it was like a, like a four or two. The, they threw it to the outside. The receiver caught it. The, I think it was one of the linebackers. It was either McCullough or – actually, it wasn't McCullough because McCullough was out at that point. Probably was Harrington. He tackled him, swung him around, and didn't make the tackle. But you saw two secondary players coming right behind. The gang yeah. tackling, the fact that they were there – in, in years past, we would have had no one there. They would have got a first down with ease. No, they were flocking. to. They broke off of their blocks, broke straight to the defender, and they made that play, stopped them. Fourth down, they had to punt it. That's not something that you get very often. And then Kanai Walker and that fumble, yeah. oh, my God. He may have yeah. earned himself a lot more playing time by doing that. I'm hoping Kendall Doby's good. Yeah. I know he came out but went back in. But, yeah, man. McCullough, it looks like he has like a like a like a twisted ankle sprain or something. The anticipation is that he's back within the next week. I know that him and Drake who tried to go back in the game and told him, "Nah, y'all sit back, put a boot on, rest. We we'll get you prepared." But I love seeing how physical we were and the tackling from the secondary. So that was important. Let's jump into the linebacker spot. Linebackers to me, linebackers to me looked like they were actually running the game. You know what I'm saying, Coop? They looked like they were instructing each other perfectly. They were getting in the right spot. There were some busts here or there, but they were recovering. Who jumped out to you at the linebackers? Because for me, it was honestly uh, Kanick as well as Stutzman. They both were just everywhere. And I love the fact that they were making hits that, you know, and then Kobe McKenzie getting the tackle for the loss. The BV step, baby. We were doing it. Who, what jumped out to you at the linebacker position? Yeah, Kanick is the one that uh, on that play that you were just talking about, where he grabbed him. He, you know, he he launched himself and grabbed him up tight, and then he got slung down. But everybody cleaned yes. up after him. So, so that was Kanick. Um, when no, you Kanick, saw okay. Kanick, he he was he was he was running for the arrow. I mean, he was he was running for the target. He was making plays. I, I saw several times that Stutzman was lining folks up. Uh, you know, 
Kip also had himself some sideline to sideline moments. Um, and like I said, you said with Kobe McKenzie, I mean, that was exactly what you wanted to see. Um, we got the opportunity to see, you know, guys like Shane Whittier. And, uh, and so you see the linebackers who didn't have offensive linemen on them. Now, that offensive line was not going to be a terrific uh, litmus test. Um, they, they're not slouches and they're not nobodies. But um, when you can keep the offensive linemen, if your defensive linemen are causing uh, adjustments uh, up front, the, the linebackers can flow free. Now, I would say the things I want to see a little bit better in the mm-hmm. linebackers is those the blitz fits and the run fits. There were a couple times that um, that you know they ran in the back of a defensive lineman or had to scrape off and try to go sideways and said, you know, that's going to happen game one. And on the and when they sit down in the film room, uh, the defensive linemen are going to get sorted out. Uh, BV is going to get everybody sit, uh, suited out on um, the uh, linebacker side. But uh, you couldn't ask much more for those guys. And uh, you know, so I thought somebody said it up there. You know, the leading tackle tackler. Uh, you know, I think Danny Stutzman and somebody else had um, four tackles apiece. That's what you want to see. That's exactly, no, you didn't see. Stutzman with 37 tackles. I didn't want to see that this game. I wanted to see him play sound football. That's and that's what you're looking for when you want your want results. That you want to see that. You want to see the sound football. You want to see them being in sync. It felt like they were in sync, similar to the way the offensive line to me felt like they were in sync. And like you said, Andrew Ryan was out there getting those pancakes, the defensive side, they were running through those players. We were injuring a lot of their players. That that's kind of how physical we were in this game. So defensive line-wise. And Coop, you were alluding to this in the beginning. I wanted to stop because this is a topic to really discuss. There's a lot of people were upset, and this was all on social media, of course, and and I always preface this. I don't ever believe that Twitter is a real place. It's not real. It's not the real world. It's not really what happens. But people get on their event because they can hide behind an avatar. But people were complaining about the defensive line and the lack of sacks. We only had one. Ethan Downs got one late in the game. But you were going right to it. I'm going to start us off, and I'm going to pass it right back to you. This defensive line kept the pressure on them as much as they could because, as I mentioned in the morning after recap, they were in max protect most of this game. And, Mike, thank you for – I think it was Mike as well as Robert. I don't know if Robert's in the chat today. He hasn't jumped in yet. They were in max protect the entire time, and they were passing it like the quarterback was in the NFL. They were like three seconds or less. They were getting rid of that ball. Yeah. And if you're doing that at this level, at the collegiate level, it's almost impossible to get sacks because you, you're not going to get there fast enough. He's, he's literally catching yeah. it, boom, and he's getting rid of it because he knows what's going to happen. But because you're in max protect, it slows you down. It, it takes that one, shaves that second off of you getting to him. So it makes it easy for them to do that. Cool. Dive into it, please. Well, if you have any issues with our defensive line and our defense in general and just the game in general, Go ask Butch Jones how he feels today. <laughs> I have seen, I've seen some immaculate butt kickings in in, in, my, in my time. Sometimes against OU, uh, you know, when we laid it down on A and M seventy seven nothing and Francione, I didn't see anybody who looked like they were reconsidering their profession. Um, Butch Jones was on a knee, his head was down. He 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 had no answers. I promise you anything. Butch Jones went to the administration afterward and said, guys, no, let's, today, not guys. let's not do this again. And again, this is a team that has a little bit of a, a, a history here recently. 
of putting, you know, good teams on the now last time we saw Butch Jones, I, I believe, if I'm not wrong, is when Baker Mayfield went up to Tennessee. And he was the coach up there, and they had the wide receiver converted to running back um, from Baylor that transferred over there, and they had uh, Alvin Kamara, and we beat them, and we, we 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 stole it at the end. But this team absolutely stole Butch Jones's confidence. Um, the defensive line, and I'll say this, yeah, with max protect and three step drops and rolling away, you know, setting up the coverage to, I mean, setting up the, uh, the offensive line protection to roll away from where pressure would come. It, if you added a quarter of a second multiple times, we get sacks. A quarter yep. of a second, not a half a second, not a full second. I remember one of the times it was a third down play. PJ came off the edge, completely humiliated his, the, the, uh, that right tackle, he came around the edge and he was less than a quarter of a second away from just absolutely blowing up that quarterback. It's going to happen. You're going to see this week with SMU, they're not going to have um, that, you know, he, they do a little bit more five-step drop, seven-step drop stuff. And again, we're going to see more sacks this week. Last year, we saw sacks early in the season and it meant nothing in the, in the long term. But I got to say that the run fits, and even with what I said earlier, uh, they ran for, they had a, a, I think they had 48 yards rushing. Ten of them came on a quarterback scramble. Yep. We allowed two, 206 total yards. Hey, and 208 total, but yes. That's it. 208. 206 is what I was going for. But, um, but guys, take a glance at, at this. Is this team went out there was going to play nobody state and they did what they did. They went out there and they, and they, they threw their bodies around and they made, they took I mean, I said, took the head coach's soul away from him. I mean, he, dude, dude, he was done. So you're going to see more and more of that. Now, our Mason Thomas is going to come back in. Grayson Halston flashed a little, a little bit late. I saw several times where Kevin Gilliam just, he broke through the line and the play was going somewhere else. That is going to continue to be a, to, to be a big deal. We again, when you rotate in, what was it? You know, uh, you know, most of your entire lineup, you know, close to ninety people, you're going to have people who don't get to set up and set up the next time. And that's one of the biggest things for the defensive line is you may not get there this play, but you did something to set yourself up for the future. When you're rotating a lot of guys in, sometimes that gets taken away. So. Um, SMU is going to be a good opportunity to go out and, and throw yourself around uh, this week. So um, great thing about the football schedule is uh, we get one bye week. And so we get to do this every single week and we get to see more attempts coming forward. No. Yeah. And just the fact that we were able to keep them pressured, man, it everything y'all wanted and more, right? That's all y'all want. All everybody ever wants to see is that us do that. We, we, we want to see this team play. So I want to prepare yourself for this one because now the hype train has begun. Before we do that, thank y'all for pulling up, of course. I always I say my thank yous. Y'all know I'm a super grateful person. Just thank y'all for, you know, dealing with us talking. Hit the like button, subscribe, share. Why? Because sharing is caring. And so I want to point this out. This is something that... <sighs> the hype train is beginning, guys. So it's I know, I know that it's just... We just played Arkansas State. It ain't nothing, but this is what we're going to start seeing from now on. Be prepared. 
We've already got the ESPN's FPI. Now, if you don't know what the FPI is, let me give you guys a little cliff notes on it. Basically, ESPN takes your team, puts you in simulations based upon the ratings and the way that you play, and they simulate your next set of games like 20,000 times, and this is how they come up with your rating. And based upon week one, yeah, they just thrown us up to the full number four team in the country, and that's just FPI rating. That's going to probably change after the LSU-FSU game. We've got to wait and see what that looks like at that point because then they can evaluate what they look like. But because of how good we looked, we have jumped up to the top four. Now, I will. I was going to make a video on this. I'll probably just clip this one to make this the video itself, but this was interesting to me. Coop, when you see this and see how teams have shifted around, man, what, what jumps out to you? I mean, you saw a very, very, uh, and I was going to say this earlier, there were a lot of guys, a lot of teams that played Arkansas State this week, and they didn't show out like we did. Exactly. Um, it did not happen. Georgia did not look crisp. Um, did not. Ohio State did not look great. Uh, Notre Dame has looked terrific. Michigan looked terrific. SC, we know what we got there. It's not changing. Texas Took a little while to get going with Rice. That vaunted offense didn't look like they were ready to perform. I promise you. I absolutely promise you. Texas is going to have themselves a little bit of an issue this weekend. Um, Penn State, I don't know how you throw them in there. I, you know, I threw out a dark horse for the Big Ten. Penn State, you know, did not look very good this week. Uh, Ole Miss did look good. Uh, mm -hmm. Jackson Dart, balled out. Utah, with a lot of key contributors, balled out. Um UCF had themselves a game. Uh, so I believe K-State also pitched a shutout. So you, you got that opportunity in there. Uh, old South Carolina, I think the Heisman Rattler is done. Uh, North Carolina took care of business out there. Drake May looks like he's ready to go again. So it's, uh, you know, guys, don't get it too excited. I think last year going to that Nebraska game, uh, a lot of people were starting to say, uh-oh, look what's going on in Norman. Looks like everything's good. So let's get through. Um Cincinnati is looked very good. Emory Jones looked very good. And they went out and they handled business there too. Um, so we've got a lot of people in front of us that are going to allow us to, uh, to get the opportunity to uh, elevate our rank. And uh, so you, you just continue to go out there and handle your own business. But having OU at their number four, people had their eyes on Oklahoma going into yesterday. They absolutely did. They wanted to see. Guys, don't forget, Marvin Mims scored uh, a touchdown with 18 seconds left against Case, uh, Kent State last year to put us up seven to three going into halftime. Yeah, yeah, we we weren't we weren't perfect by any means, and I've tempered expectations and everything I've said about how we look to start the season. So, I mean, yeah, we beat the crap out of them, and I get why ESPN's entire model would push us up like it did. It's just amazing to me that we jumped up this far this fast. Now, we go out and we yep. beat the dog out of SMU also. If we go out there and Ow. curb stomp them and our defense shows out again, yeah, don't, don't be shocked if you see us as a top two team in the country just because of the simulations. Everything we're doing is we're looking – the competitive depth is there. We look in sync Something there's a lot of things to work on, but I'm so happy. But yeah, we're gonna jump into some of these other games too. Because when I looked at this, I'm like, okay, there's some games that still need to be played for them to really evaluate. Like, I, Ohio State played Indiana, conference game, a team that always gives them problems. I expect it to be weird in that game in general. I heard Marvin Harrison went down for a bit, so it's gonna be weird. But we overall, like I said, we look like a team that's ready to compete. So 
I'm not gonna say that we we aren't. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count everything yet. We're just gonna just say that we're stoked that we we're having a good season so far. Hop in the comments. Say this. Go ahead. Look at look at Hank. Hop in the comments, guys. We look at your comments, and there's a lot of times that you help us recall because my mind goes 92 different places at once. But not only did you see those words from Butch Jones that this isn't the, the team that we've been watching film on, and it's going to happen this week. It's going to happen next week, right? It, it, it's it's going to happen. But then also, and these guys were some slacks, but the commentators on the team. One of the guys said that, you know, I think this might be one of the best offensive lines I've ever seen. And if you guys commentary was there, yes, they were all of our, all of our unfair sports guys. How many times did you hear the word competitive depth? Because <laughs> I think it was like six or seven. I put it out there on Twitter. I said, you guys know what to do. It's time to tip it because competitive depth was brought up several times. And like I said, I would say around six or seven times. And you have the same situations with, like I said earlier, Arkansas states were getting played by big teams all around the country. And not everybody came out right from the get and just put it to them. There were some teams that started out slow and then really just, you know, stomp folks. But guys, we stomp folks with the first string, the second string, and the third string, and then the mix and match. We went out there and we cooked, folks. We cooked everything we need to cook. We looked like what we were supposed to look like. <sighs> Congratulations, Sooner fans. We've got a good team. I don't, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that this team is probably going to be something special long-term. And so we just got to keep our eyes on the prize and make sure that that competitive depth continues to show itself and show how great it can be. We stay healthy. I believe that Will will be fine. So hop in the comments, of course. Let your boy know what your thoughts are on that. Cool. Let's talk what's going on around college football. Let's look at the Big 12 first. Oh, boy. Um, woo. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> man. First off, let's talk. Let's talk Coach Prime and him. Let's talk. I'm going to put these stats up for y'all to look at. Let, let's talk Coach Prime and uh, the way the uh, Big 12 look. Am I the only person that was not shocked that uh, Colorado won that game? Um, I was wrong, and I, I was wrong, and, and I'll say it for this for this matter is I that that's not what I expected to see, not what I expected to see. Um, again, Dylan Edwards, I think he was a commit at one point. Uh, then he started going after some some NIL opportunities. I think he was close to Miami at one point. Um, that that That's going to be a guy. He is fast. Uh, Shadur Sanders, there were several times that he was thrown against air because TCU looked like hot garbage, but there were a lot of times that there were competitive catches made um, with their receivers. Anytime that you throw out four 100-yard four receivers, there's no excuses. Nobody – guys, listen – uh, it that the TCU team is not the same team that we saw in the playoffs last year. Every break went their way, every bounce went their way, and then once they finally played Georgia, uh, Cinderella had to go home. And so you uh, you saw that game. I, I think TCU is going to be on implode watch uh, towards the end of the season. They've got a stretch that they're going to go through, but Colorado just uh, just brought a lot of 
downloads for their game film to the Pac-12. It is going to be absolutely everywhere. Colorado looked terrific. Now, let's see a larger sample size. Um, I, I'm, I'm all in on seeing a little bit more on that. But yeah, Colorado impressed the hell out of me. Yeah, I was, I was, what, what got me was I tried to tell people, I guess this is the argument I gave when it came to Colorado and especially against TCU. I was trying to tell people Shadur Sanders is a really good quarterback. Watching his mechanics, the way he plays, the way he throws, I looked at him and said, no, no, I think he's actually a good player. And people were like, oh, he's playing his HBCU talent, blah, blah, blah. Same thing with Travis Hunter, you know, Shallow Sanders. Everybody was really kind of pushed that. And Coach Prime kept throwing that back in people's face. And I was with him. I'm like, dude, let these people know. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you can talk about the kids and say they're, they're just playing the HBCU. They won't play nobody. And then he goes out here and they, they muscle against TCU. Now, granted, in my morning after recap on them, the only thing that was concerning to me is their defense because their defense didn't get any sacks and they had zero tackles for the loss. So they have some work to do on that end. But this is what this tells me. And this is no different than USC. They can get into a shootout with anybody and be okay. Travis Hunter is that good. So is Shadur Sanders. Shadur Sanders threw for 510 yards. He had four receivers with 100 yards receiving in that game. Yeah. So obviously they ate up that defense. And we talked and cool perfectly. You mentioned Kent State and how we struggled initially in getting points and how Kent State was still driving the ball. Because I think in that game they actually had more passing yards than us. Sean Lewis was the head coach of Kent State last year. And now he's the offensive coordinator at Colorado. He cooking. That man's cooking. He is cooking. Yeah. With that offense and having a quarterback like Shadur Sanders who can throw it 40 times in a game and still be comfortable, who technically can scramble but won't, yeah, Sean Lewis is having fun. And you can see with some of the routes they were running and the way they were playing, he's having fun with them. So, yeah, man, that's going to be a fun – that's going to be a fun one to see down the – Cormani did play, Hank. Uh, Cormani McClain did play. I don't think he played a lot, but he did play. But their secondary is not – their whole defense is not there yet, but those offensive players he got, Dylan Edwards, uh, Shiloh had like 10 tackles. But overall, yeah, their defense got work to do, but offensively, they can compete, and that's going to be what makes things big for Colorado down the line. So let's look at some of these other, other hateful eights left, man. Uh, Texas and Rice. Texas beat Rice 37-10. Coop, um, I'm looking at this, and I'm going to be 100% honest. I, 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 I'm surprised that they only beat them 37 to 10. Was Quinn Ewers really that off? Because I've heard a few people send me messages saying, "Hey man, I, I, I this Texas team don't look right." This is, uh, you know, what I said about Texas was going to be Texas and expectations are like a well in water. It doesn't go well. Everybody was saying their defense is suspect, but the offensive line is going to be solid. And Quinn Ewers, that receiver, the skill position is going to be solid. And I said, yeah. But can we get consistency out of Quinn Ewers? And the moment that you get situations where um, the moment where you get situations where there's a lot of finger pointing going on, that's when that team can turn on itself. And they all believed all those clippings. And that's what it looked like. That game was not as close as 37 to 10. Um, our old buddy who's transferred 16 times now in uh, JT Daniels, he gave them gift after gift after gift, and they could not turn around and um, and capitalize on it. Uh, Xavier Worthy didn't look 
like he was ready to, to, to make it happen. Um, all these transfers and all, all the wide receiver, they didn't look great. Um, you know, again, you saw uh, the Cedric Baxter, the running back, he looked the most explosive, even though Jaden Blue was the guy who had the, uh, I believe he had the, the, the best game. But also Baxter went down after a tackle and he landed kind of like Drake Stoops did. And he, I don't know if he came back in. So that might be something to watch right there. But, uh, and that mm-hmm. offensive line didn't look, didn't look great. Uh, Rice is not Texas State. Uh, who beat Baylor, but they're not uh, Arkansas State either. But I promise you this: Rice Rice isn't isn't you know doing much this year. And oh, Rice was ranked at the same spot as Arkansas State overall for the season. They they anticipate them being 112th, and I think Arkansas State was 113. Yeah. So now <laughs> the defense the defense did look good for Texas. The defense is what really made that game look how it does. Uh, but. He, JT Daniels gave a lot. I mean, he threw a pick with a guy bearing down on him to where he was leaning back and he tried to kind of sidearm it. And there were three Texas defensive backs right there and it got a pick. And I believe that Texas just turned around and had the ball like the 30-ish yard line. And, uh, you know, Rice held him to a field goal right then. So um, that you don't have much time to fix things in Austin because this week they go see Mr. Saban. And, um, you know, to where I said... You know, at one point in the offseason, don't be surprised if Texas goes down there as competitive. Nick Saban has this game circled, and he wants to say, Georgia what? No, this is Alabama. Um, come on now. I mean, we are a couple plays away from an undefeated season last year. And, um, te- you know, Alabama is going to have some it has some issues on defense. But it's uh, t- Texas Texas looked like lackluster, and it looks like they've been reading a lot in the offseason. Yeah, this to me was the biggest issue here. Texas offensive line, that interior offensive line did not look good. And a few people have said this. I'm not the only one that's seen it. I looked at it. I went and looked a little bit through the game. And a few plays I saw, I was like, mm, they don't look, they don't look, they don't look like a Texas Risk. offensive line that you would expect it to be because yeah. of how much they've been hyped. I think that's where their weakness is. And honestly, some Texas uh, YouTubers that I follow kind of made mention something like that like that's the, the their biggest concern was the interior offensive line and it's some stuff they need to grow and they they looked it their defense though like you said they look legit they look legitimate they look like what we would expect out of them so i'm just hoping that they don't get any better and and just as monty mentioned in here please don't think about putting in the the guy that you need to put in which is malik murphy malik yeah don't don't put in don't put in murphy don't don't he doesn't need to play i think he he's not good enough I'm going to keep lying to you all. He's not good enough. Don't play that young man. Okay. Let's go on. Of course, you know, K-State with their blowout anticipated. I didn't really pay much attention to their game. West Virginia, bottom of the barrel, unfortunately. Cincinnati, 66 Mm -hmm. to 13. Woo! Coop. Coop. What what is this? Where did that Uh, come from? you know, Emory Jones was the backup of Florida. He's had his, uh, he had a couple cups of coffee on the field. And, uh, but I, I kid you not, um, my stock is up on Cincinnati and down on BYU. Um, Cincinnati went out there and they put up some offense. Now they've been typically known for their defense and I'm not going to get too excited about yet, 
because, you know, just like Mr. Richardson last year, you got games where you look like a Heisman contender and you got games that you look like a junior varsity, you know, scout team guy. Yeah. But uh, they went out there and they, they again, you, you the person that shows up on your schedule, you got to go play them. And uh, Emory Jones had 345 yards passing, five touchdowns. Um, they had 13 carries for 105 for uh, Kiner, the running back. Um, and they had a receiver for seven, one fifty, and and a touchdown. So um, anything that Eastern Kentucky did was late in the second half or late in the second quarter, and then they had a couple of field goals. But uh, you know it was forty two seven at halftime. Cincinnati did it convincingly, and they did it at home. Yeah, they did what you wanted them to do. They got sixty six points in a game against a team that you're supposed to destroy. So for them, it's probably I need to go watch the film on this on this game, and then I need to watch the film when they play somebody for real just so I can get a better understanding. But grades-wise, they they got some pretty solid grades. I believe that PFL has given them some pretty good grades from this game. And, yeah, I would have thought that I, – I did not – and I didn't anticipate Cincinnati actually coming out and looking, looking this polished. I mean, they got some really good grades in this game. They looked like a polished team. Coverage-wise, wasn't very good, and they didn't tackle very well, but they looked polished. And so they look like a team that's going to go out there and play. So defensively, we've got to ask questions about what they're going to look like. They have the best defensive line in the Big 12. That has been the rating overall. And so they're going to be, in my opinion, a challenge for us potentially when we travel up there the way that they played in this game. So that's enough. I've seen enough of them to know. I would, I would say this, though. Eastern Kentucky put 100-plus on them, uh, 140 yards rushing minus some of the sack yards. Um, they, they, they did, you know, but they did get the ball out. Uh, they had three sacks, seven tackles for loss, two uh, pass defense. Um, so, I mean, you, you, had, you had the opportunity, uh, and they got two, two picks, too. So, um, it looks like you can go run on them. And with this offensive line, you can go run on them. Yeah. All right, let's laugh for a little bit. This was also thrown out here in the mentions. I know I start a few of y'all. Ooh, yeah, Mike, right here. Let's talk about this. Tech. Tech lost to Wyoming. How? People. Can someone tell me how that happened? Because I don't understand how that happened. How did they lose to Wyoming? How did they let that happen at the end of the game? Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, I saw so many Tech fans just melting down on their quarterback. Was it show? Yeah. Oh, felt, felt so bad for the kid because those Tech fans were melting down. How do you lose that? And then Baylor loses to Texas State, which is basically diet Oklahoma because just about their entire team are transfers from Oklahoma. <laughs> Go look at it. It's so funny when you see how many players there from Oklahoma transfer down to Texas State, and they go out there and beat Baylor. At Baylor! Baylor paid them to come there and get their butt kicked. How embarrassing is that? I mean, I, I'll start with the Texas State one. Um, guys, you can't say you play who's in front of you and then – and then crawfish on that that feeling. Tyler Shuck, he, uh, you know, they passed the ball at Tech. They did. They could not run the ball to save their life, though. So you knew it was coming. You you absolutely knew it was coming. Um, Wyoming was opportunistic. Uh, you know, their quarterback only had 150 yards passing, had a couple touchdowns. They ran for 171. So what has always been the issue with Tech is they could do one 
of the defense on pass or rush, and they couldn't do the other. And that's what it looked like. Uh, yep. You know, they only had, I believe they only had two running backs run out there for Texas Tech. Um, Jaron Branley, he's a baller. Uh, he had he had eight, eight uh, catches, 88 yards, uh, one touchdown. Uh, but again, their leading rusher, uh, they had 11 for 39 for 3.5 and then 15 for 36 for 2.4. They had those issues. So uh, you go out and you put a team away. You do not let teams hang around with you. You don't. And the, more, the longer those games go on and they think, hey, listen, we got, yeah, I believe Texas Tech was up 17 nothing in the first quarter. And then by the end of the third quarter, it was 17s. And was you did not keep the pedal down. And this is what happens. And so uh, I don't want to, you know, dig on them too much. Um, you know, I believe that they'll get coached up. McGuire is a, is a great coach. But... Um, Wyoming, yeah, Stephen, you got it right. Wyoming's got another team they can go play uh, right before. And a lot of people are calling for two losses by the time the Red River game hits. Um, you know, they, they don't worry about that Baylor game anymore uh, unless it's a revenge situation. But, you know, now, now oh, yeah. it's to Wyoming. Yeah, Texas has got a lot of stuff to prepare themselves for. You've got with Alabama coming up next week, which I think that – I'll be on my couch watching that game because I'm going to have the OU game on the LUSMU game on ESPN plus on one television. And I'm going to have Texas and Bama. I'm go Those are the only two games I will be watching on Saturday night. I won't be doing the multi-view for YouTube TV like I normally would. I need to watch both of these games because I got to see if Texas is ready. I'm, I'm look, I'm gonna look at the spread real quick. This spread has moved up to Bama minus seven and, Bama has an 80% chance of winning this game. Milrow looked good. He looked like he needed to look. That game's going to be a challenge for them, you Longhorns. And so, and it was a question that was posed. Why are the two Kansas teams the best teams left in the hateful eight? You know, that's a funny question because you're right. Literally, the only two teams left, two teams that are good, really are the Kansas team, Kansas State and Kansas. They're really the, the good ones left. Cincinnati made surprises, like I mentioned. And BYU, no fear. Look at it. Sam Houston State, 14-0. But we got to wrap it up with the one we got to talk about, right? You know what I'm talking about, Coop? We got to talk about that one game. That one game that we've got to really dive deep into. That one game, we've got to get an understanding of what in the bleep is happening at this school. How did Oklahoma State stutter, stuff, stuff, struggle? I'm struggling to get the words out. They struggled against Central Arkansas. 27 to 13. They had a, what, two-quarterback system? What, three quarterbacks played in this game for them? Three. They yeah. had three quarterbacks play. Cool. Please tell me what 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 is going on at as we call them Okie Light. What is Oklahoma State doing? Well, you know my whole family are Oklahoma State fans, and um, you know I grew up in with that all the way around me. But um, that just it didn't look right. It did not look right. Um, you know you had um, Bowman come out, and he looked pretty decent. You know early. He didn't look dangerous. And the moment that a defense is no longer scared of your, your offense, we, we got some issues happening. Because the moment that they feel like, you know what, this really isn't that bad. But they had issues with, I mean, Gundy, I don't know. At what point do Oklahoma State fans finally say like, hey, listen, we appreciate everything that you've done here, but it's time. Gundy held them hostage for that Tennessee job opportunity several times. 
and it, it's just you know they're he, he's got to become accountable for these things because they do bring out some guys and they coach them up and they get the best out of them but it's only for so long that you can keep on going to you know uh sub juco come uh you know programs and bringing in coordinators over it's it's just uh he has he has really leveraged um here's the deal Every, the, the Big 12 has a lot of compet, competition. And Oklahoma State, they rose to, to, to the top up with Texas and up with Kansas State and up with Oklahoma for the longest time. And they could play bully ball with a lot of these, these teams. Well, now all these teams have strength and conditioning programs that are legit. They have facilities that are legit. They're recruiting better than Oklahoma State is. And Gundy just looks disinterested. He looks like he is more interested in being a sideshow than being a football coach and um you know they, they didn't have a single running back with double digit carries uh ollie gordon had 44 yards um elijah collins had 41 yards they both have a 17 yard run in there uh, but yeah you you have you have uh wrangle bowman look good but nothing looked great uh nothing looked great average Allen Bowman averaged 3.3 yards per pass. That, my, my God. Third, how you go 13 for 24, 80 yards, 3 for 3 yards per completion? They were literally running the 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 Dak and dump, as people like to call it, or yeah. the dump. They were literally dumping the ball nonstop. The dink and dump. That's all they did. That is not good. Like, nothing about them looked good in that game. What, what, we... I could totally see if Gundy's trying to get a buyout, but their biggest problem right now is they got to prepare themselves for next week. So who does Oklahoma State got next week? Let me pull their schedule up really quickly. So we they got Arkansas State, and they're traveling. Oh, that game is not going to be good. Jaden Rashad is going to go out there and cook them. Rashad is going to cook them. Yeah, He's going to cook uh, them by himself. You've got J- Jalen Rashad went out, and he balled out, absolutely balled out right from the get-go. And uh, <laughs> tell me that if that booster club at Florida is not going, oh, God, we really dropped the ball on that one. Oh, because... yeah. He had a really good game for his first game of the season. Yeah, they're probably yeah, kicking themselves saying game. we should not have let that happen. And Florida had Graham Mertz. So yep. tell me which one you would rather have, a freshman phenom who just believes in himself a little too much or Graham Mertz. Nobody is excited when you say, I think we're going to get the Wisconsin quarterback to transfer over here. Um, but, yeah, Florida State just scored. They're up 7-0. Yep, I just saw a uh, 40-yarder to Keon Coleman. Good Lord. Man, this yeah. game is going to be great to watch. But Jaden Rashada, let me jump in this real quick. Jaden Rashada, 18 for 31, 236, two tutties in his first game at college. Mm-hmm. Jackson Arnold went perfect in his, but, you know, granted, the competition was different. They played against Southern Utah, so technically it should have been better. But at the same time, it was 24-21. They started a freshman at quarterback who was basically learning yeah. everything. I'm just going to say there should be some current concerns over there at Oklahoma State. So, all right, there should be a lot of concerns. So, we're not going to go too long. We've got... Florida State LSU on the telly right now. I am looking at this. They're kicking butt. I'm about to go grab me a beverage um, and relax. Uh, Neo, they play our Arizona State in Arizona State on sad on next Saturday. So they're traveling yeah. across to go play against them, and it's gonna be 
it's going to be a monster. And yeah, I know everybody's watching Florida State game, so I'm going to let y'all be able to focus on that and not just listen to us chop it up. We appreciate y'all pulling up to the channel. Please hit that like button if you're new to the channel. Subscribe. Also, hit that share button. Why? Because sharing is caring. The only way we're going to grow this channel and this entire community is because of you, the people. And if you're listening, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? I don't know. Just give us five anyway and gift it. And with that, me and Cooper out. We will chop it up with all of you. You'll see a bunch of videos come down the line over the next day or two. So, peace. Later, guys. Boomer sooner.